Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And uh, today we're continuing our series on biblical prosperity. In particular, prosperity in the atonement of Christ. And in this series we're showing from the scripture that it is indeed God's will to prosper you. And, and that your needs are met. And that you have enough to give to the work of God. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.8 says that. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, and in the context he's talking about money, may have an abundance of finance for every good work. So enough for yourself and enough to give for every good work. You see, every blessing, including prosperity, is being given to us through Christ already on the basis of his death and resurrection. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ through his death and resurrection. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all on the cross, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And all things here, needful for life, certainly include financial blessing. You see, these blessings are our inheritance in the new covenant. And we need to know that they include financial blessing and pr prosperity. You see, otherwise, if we don't know about it, if we don't know it's in the atonement, then we won't be able to lay hold of them by faith. Because faith begins when the will of God is known. And so faith is based on knowledge. Let's look back at 2 Peter. It says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through knowing these, knowing these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, which includes prosperity. Well, we must know what is ours before we can receive it. That's why Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It isn't because of a lack of provision by God, but it's due to a lack of knowledge concerning God's will and his provision that we are destroyed instead of receiving God's blessing. Well, it is essential for us to know that prosperity is a covenant blessing bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, then our faith for prosperity will be based in the atonement. And then we'll be strong in that faith. You know, it's just like forgiveness. The basis for our confidence in receiving forgiveness from God is that it's in the atonement of Christ, that Jesus paid the price for that in full. Because we know that Jesus died for everybody, therefore it's available to everyone and therefore we can come with confidence whosoever can come and receive salvation and forgiveness so knowing it's in the atonement gives us confidence to come and receive it so if we can show that financial provision is also in the atonement then we have a solid basis for knowing that prosperity is the will of God financial provision is the will of God we can be confident in coming to God and receiving that provision and this week and next week, we'll give the scriptural basis that prosperity is in the atonement. And so it's a covenant right and blessing for us now. And I'm going to give you seven separate proofs of this. And we're going to start, the first one 
is the revelation of Jehovah Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, that we would say in English, or Jehovah Yireh, our provider. And this is the story in Genesis chapter 22. And this is the first of the great covenant names of God, Jehovah Jireh. It's first and foundational because it's on the basis of this name that all the other names are fulfilled, as we're going to see. Jehovah Jireh means, Yireh means to see or provide. And Jehovah Jireh is, to, is the Lord our provider. Um, provision means to see ahead. And so God sees ahead what we're going to need at every stage of life. And he has made provision for us. Praise God. And God is watching over our life. And he knows what you need, and he will provide it at that time. Jehovah Yiri is the revelation that God is our provider in the covenant. Uh, He's the God of material manifestation. He's the God of physical provision. That's what Jehovah Jireh means. And it's interesting that God revealed this name in Genesis 22 through the story of Abraham offering up Isaac as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. And that is a picture, of course, of Father God offering up his only son, Jesus, at that very same place on Mount Moriah. In other words, Jehovah Jireh was revealed in the context of a a classic type of the atonement. And God is saying, I am Jehovah Jireh to you through the atonement of Christ. It is through his offering up. It's through his manifestation as a man offered up that all the blessings of God come to us. So God is Jehovah Jireh through the atonement of Christ. The name of God here speaks of God's physical provision, including financial. See, many people are comfortable with a spiritual God, but they get nervous at the thought of a physical God who who brings physical answers to prayer. But this is exactly who Jehovah Jireh is. He provides for all our needs. And he proved it ultimately by sending his son Jesus to be manifested in the flesh for us. That proves he's a physical God. It's not just in the spiritual realm. He becomes physical to meet our physical needs as well. In Genesis 22, God revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh on Mount Moriah, which means the Mount of Provision. Because in that very place, he would manifest himself as a man the seed of Abraham, to offer himself as a sacrifice for us. And through that sacrifice of Christ, every blessing that actually is revealed through the other covenant names, every blessing would be released to us through that sacrifice. And so in the revelation of himself as Jehovah Jireh, the God of material provision, he actually laid the foundation for all the blessings of God that are ours in Christ. So Genesis 22 makes it clear that the blessings of Yahweh Yireh are released to us through the sacrifice of Christ. And uh, so prosperity is in the atonement. But let's have a quick look at the story. In verse 2, God says, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah, the land of God's provision, literally, the Mount of Manifestation, and offer him there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you of. Behind this story of a father and a son, of course, is the greater story of the father and the son. The language is designed to point beyond this incident to something greater that God's going to do in the future. 
a picture of God offering up his only beloved son. And he did this on a certain mount. He would, since he would do that on a certain mount, he had to get, tell Abraham to go to a certain mount because he was building up this picture. And Abraham said to the young men, Abide here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and we will come again to you. Notice Abraham believed that Isaac would be raised from the dead. And he was believing in the God, in other words, of physical manifestation. Even if Isaac was burnt to ashes, somehow God would raise up Isaac again. He believed in the God of physical manifestation. He believed that even if he lost everything, God would be able to resurrect it. And it says that Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife and they both went together. And of course, just as Isaac carried the wood of his altar on his back, so Jesus also carried the cross up to the peak of Mount Moriah. And Isaac asked Abraham, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And in reply, Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And the original Hebrew is more emphatic. It actually says, my God will provide the lamb from his very own being. Hallelujah. And Abraham built an altar and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord, who actually was Jesus, called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Now, God didn't contradict himself, by the way. He said, offer up Isaac. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He offered him up. But God spared his life because the real sacrifice God himself would do with his son, Jesus. God then gave Abraham a sign of his future provision. In verse 13, he says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a ram caught in a thicket. And he went and took it and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And so by means of this ram, God showed that he would accept a substitute to die instead of a man. The substitute ram. So instead of Isaac dying, you see, God provided a ram in Isaac's place. And this was a picture of Christ, who God would provide to die uh, in, the very, in the place of us in the very same place there on Mount Moriah. And God called the name of the place, and here's the revelation. God called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, that is Jehovah Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yireh, <laughs> different ways to say it. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be seen, or it will be provided. But a better translation would be, in the mount, the Lord will be seen. In the mount, the Lord will be provided. What, as what? The final sacrifice. The issue is, what, how, what is the sacrifice? What is the provision of the sacrifice? Where is that coming from? And God is showing through all of this, no, don't offer up Isaac. It's not even that ram. Ultimately, the Lord will provide himself as the sacrifice, and it will be in this very Mount Moriah 
the Lord himself will be provided as that final sacrifice. And this is where God revealed his name, the Lord, the provider. The Lord who would be the physical, uh, provide something physical. He'd provide this, this man. Praise God. He would provide Jesus Christ to be that sacrifice and that physical provision would be offered up on behalf of mankind. And so I want you to notice that this name is associated with a specific place and it's associated with the picture of Abraham offering up his son. And by this prophecy, God would demonstrate that he was the Lord our provider. And he did it by the picture of an offering of a sacrifice of a sacrifice god therefore is saying god will is the is our provider praise god and he does it through the atonement of christ praise god and so the mountain became known as mount moriah the mount of manifestation where the lord himself would be manifested in the flesh and provided for us as an offering to god and then be resurrected again just like isaac well, we see that this, this picture doesn't just foretell God would provide his son as a sacrifice, but also we're going to see now that it, sh it actually predicts that through this sacrifice, every other blessing will be provided. And so the picture here of Jehovah Jireh confirms that the Lord is our provider, really of everything, and especially financial provision through the atonement of God's Son. Hallelujah. Everything, every blessing of God comes to us through the atonement. He is our provider through the atonement. We'll see this now in the story. When the angel of the Lord spoke the first time, you see, he stopped the death of Isaac and revealed the substitution, the, that ram, you know. But that isn't the only time he spoke. That's the first thing he said. I'm going to provide a sacrifice in, in, instead of Isaac. I'm going to provide the greater sacrifice. That was the first revelation. But now there was a second revelation because he spoke a second time. And he declared the blessings here that would be released as a result of that sacrifice. Because Abraham didn't hold his son back and, uh, you know, and offered him up to God, so neither would God hold his son back. And a result of God offering his son would be a multitude of blessings would be released. Let's just read what the angel of the Lord said. He called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You see as Abraham provided his seed Isaac to be offered up so God would offer up his seed, his son, who would become a man and be the greater seed of Abraham and be offered up as a willing sacrifice so that in this seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so God, you see, was revealing himself as the God of provision, the God of manifestation, the God of physical, material manifestation. And this provision would be made to the human race through providing his son but to become flesh and through his offering 
all the blessing of God to man would be released. He's Jehovah Jireh through the atonement. Praise God. And this is the classic picture of the atonement. Through Abraham, he presented a picture of himself as a father who loved his son that didn't withhold him, but gave him up for us all to die in our place. And then he would rise again into blessing and be a channel of blessing to many. God declared to Abraham, I am Jehovah Jireh. I will provide myself in the flesh as a final offering to give you every blessing of life. And so through Christ, through his incarnation, through his passion, through his death, God provides all the covenant blessings. He is the Lord our provider and he provides every blessing to us through that atonement on Mount Moriah. And if God was willing, you see, to give his own son, to manifest his own son in the flesh for us, will he not also provide for your material needs? Will he not also manifest the answer to your prayers? If God loved you so much that he gave his son for you, will he, will he withhold any other thing? Romans 8.32 says that. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all on the cross. How shall he not also with him, through him, and his atonement, freely give us all things? He's Jehovah Jireh. He proved it by giving his son. And if he gives his son, he will give you all things. And that includes material things. He wants to bless you. And he proved it through the atonement. Now let's go on to the next picture, the type of the Passover lamb and the exodus, a great picture of our redemption in Christ. Israel, you see, were, not, were, were delivered in this picture from judgment, from the destroying angel. But they were also part of the blessings of their redemption in this picture of Christ, Christ's redemption, is that they were given health and prosperity too through the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of what Israel went through in their redemption from Egypt. It says that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So we are in the fulfillment of this picture. And so this picture shows us something about our redemption through the atonement. Israel had the atonement, as it were, of that Passover lamb resulting in their liberation. So we have our Passover lamb, Christ, has died for us and we come into parallel blessings. Well this confirms that the events of the Exodus, you see, are a picture of our salvation through the death of Christ. But the blessings of the New Covenant are far greater than the Old Covenant since they are founded on a far superior sacrifice. So what is in the Old must be in the New and more. So whatever we can see in the picture of the Exodus is for us too and greater. Well one thing that they received was prosperity. You see when they left Egypt they went with all its wealth and more than that God had prepared for them abundance, a land, a promised land of milk and honey. Psalm 105 tells us he brought them out with silver and gold prosperity and there was none feel it feeble among his tribes that's here health how did that happen well the story is in Exodus that the children of Israel had, had done according to the word of Moses and they'd asked from the Egyptians articles of silver 
of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Well, actually, these were all the back wages that they, they should have received when they were slaves. Well, they came out of Egypt rich. The atonement, as it were, that they had there at the Exodus uh, also released great material blessings as well as health. So isn't that going to be true for the atonement of Christ too? The greater lamb, the true Passover lamb? See, if prosperity was provided in the, in the shadow, how much must it be in the fulfillment? Israel had salvation through a Passover lamb, an exodus out of Egypt, and they were given a land of plenty. So likewise, we have Christ as our Passover lamb, sacrificed for us. He delivered us from the bondage of sin, and he provided us with an exodus out of the kingdom of darkness, and he's provided us uh, an entrance into a promised land of prosperity. And so there must be prosperity in the new and the better covenant through the atonement of Christ. So we know that prosperity is in the atonement through the story of Abraham in Genesis 22 and through the story of the Exodus in Exodus chapter 12. And now thirdly, we want to stay with the Passover lamb, but let's go to Isaiah 53 and 54, which is a prophecy now. 600 years before Jesus actually died as our Passover lamb. This is a prophecy of what he would do. And this also reveals that prosperity is in the atonement. See, Isaiah 53 describes the work of the cross, where Jesus went to his death as a lamb to the slaughter, bearing on himself our sins and our sicknesses. Verse 5 says, The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now that word peace is the word shalom. The chastisement for our shalom was upon him. Part of what Jesus did on the cross was to purchase our shalom. But in Hebrew, shalom means peace, uh, security, well-being, and material prosperity. See, when Jesus died as our Passover lamb, he purchased shalom. You know, when they greet one another saying shalom, it's a blessing that means prosperity and peace be upon you. You know, Isaiah 48, 18 says, Oh, God says, if you would have hearkened to my commandments, then your peace and prosperity, your shalom, would have been like a flowing river. Isn't that a wonderful picture? He said, I wanted to bless you. I wanted to give you peace and prosperity. You see, they go hand in hand because they're part of shalom. It's in, shalom is every need met. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. Whatever you need, especially to do the will of God, is yours. A prosperous life. And here in Isaiah it says that the Messiah would purchase our shalom through his sacrifice. Yes, Jesus has purchased your shalom. It's already paid for, it's provided for. You have a title deed, you have a right, a covenant right to prosperity. Hallelujah. You know, it's God's will for you because he loves you. He wants to bless you. And if you'll put God's word first, if you'll believe his promises, open your heart to receive the fullness of blessing he has for you, even in your finances, then your shalom, your prosperity, will flow like a river to you, flow on the river of the Holy Spirit to you because you believe the word of God about the cross. It's not automatic. 
You must put the Lord first and his word and believe his word. Otherwise, what's yours in the covenant will not be realized in your experience. But then it goes on in, in chapter 54, Isaiah 54, which comes straight after 53. You see, 53 describes the sacrifice. Isaiah 54 describes the results of the sacrifice. The new covenant established in the blood and the blessings released as a result of the sacrifice. And we're going to see that it's called the covenant of peace that the Messiah establishes. The covenant of shalom. The, the covenant of prosperity. This covenant is instituted on the basis of Isaiah 53, the sacrifice. Let's read some of that, shall we? Some of the shalom blessings. It says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you'll expand to the right and the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations, and make the desolate cities inhabited. Verse 10, for the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness, my covenant love shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace, my covenant of shalom be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. And then, O oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I'll lay your stones with colorful gems, and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. And all your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be the peace, the shalom of your children. You see, the blessings in Isaiah 54 include prosperity, and they flow out of the sacrifice, the atonement of Christ in Isaiah 53. Prosperity is part of our covenant in Christ, purchased by the atoning blood of Christ. Therefore, realize this, that prosperity is in the atonement. As a child of God, you can believe for it. You can receive God's financial blessing for your needs, for your family's needs, for your church's needs, to extend the kingdom of God through your giving. And next time I'm going to look at four more proofs that prosperity is in the atonement because you need to have your, your faith rock solid on this fact and then you can come and believe God for an increase in your finances.